You see, it's only the third week of 2024. I'm hopefully not about to start the year off with my first sickness three weeks into this year. I said I was already done last week. And I swear to God, if I get sick <laughs> on the third week into this, I'm ready to check out. The Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies season is already over at this point. It's in shambles. Everyone's injured and I'm getting sick. I can't do this right now. It's only the third weekend and I'm already done with 2024. So I feel that. But you just started a new job. How can you I be done? I just start a new job. You know, I hate to say it, but like working from a desk all day is just not my thing. And not to, you know, bag on anyone's ideal situation of working from home, being online all day. I'm just not the one. My sciatic pain, like in the middle, I'm just sitting here, DeAndre, in mm -hmm. the middle of the training today and yesterday. Out of nowhere, a jolt of pain radiating from the top of my right buttocks Ooh. went up to damn near my ear and went all the way down to the tippy toes. Ow. The amount of pain that I was in. And I'm like, I'm literally just sitting here. Mm -hmm. Like my body is breaking down as I just sit here. Um, honestly, it's not bad. Like I'm, I'm grateful that I get to work from home for the, you know, the two weeks that I've been doing it. And... You know, I'll continue doing it up until Monday. Um, I'm saving gas. I'm saving toll right now. It's just, like, not my forte. Um, I I just feel, like, very stagnant. And I'm, like, ready to get back out there. I'm ready to get back into the field, like, literally. And just, like, you know, just go back to doing the job that I really loved doing. Um, so right now, just going through this training period. It's rich and great information. I'm just eager to go back to work. Yeah, desk life uh, isn't for everyone. It's and, not. And I know someone like you who has uh, sciatica problems, that's definitely not for you. Definitely not. But, you know, uh, not just sciatica problems and desk jobs. Uh, <clears throat> our life uh, as citizens of the great United States of America has its fair share of ups and downs and tribulations and trials that we all have to fight through every single day. And Yesenia, uh, I presented to you an article because I was inspired by Twitter a couple months back, but we never got around to doing it because I just freaking forgot. But I finally wanted to circle back to this, to this topic after so long, because we are, as we mature into our adulthood, more and more things become present uh, in our lives that weren't before, and our brains are more developed, and we start questioning why things are the way that they are. And uh, we are going to dive, maybe not dive deep, but we are going to touch on a few of these things today in a segment, not even a segment, in an episode that's going to be all about things that are widely accepted as norms in today's society that feel like scams and i'm not talking ed ed and eddie but um, okay i'm sorry ace take it away you are now tuned in to the soft-boiled podcast with deandre and yesenia your one-stop shop for all things relationships now sit back relax and enjoy the show I really hope our listeners are old enough for that reference. I know, right? <laughs> Hopefully so. All right, Yesenia, uh, as we mentioned before, things that are widely accepted as norms that feel like scams. Uh, I presented to you an article uh, once again for the second week in a row from our good old friends over at BuzzFeed, everyone's favorite website. Uh, they have a list of... Say what you will about BuzzFeed. I know a lot of people actually don't like BuzzFeed because they're like, that's not real news. That's that's someone's opinion. Well, that's someone's opinion gets a bunch of people talking and it gets brought up here on these podcasts like Soft Boiled. So if you are someone who does not like BuzzFeed, just indulge us. Just take, you know, that stick out your ass for a few minutes just to be able to have a conversation about why the fuck are you still doing these things when... We should have done away with it, not only in 2023, like we were talking about in our last episode, but just like, why do we still follow the status quo? And are we really doing things that feel relevant and like good for us? Or are we being scammed 
to the damned. Most of these, I feel like we absolutely are. Because number one, starting off starting off big, for those of us that are adults with good paying jobs that come with benefits, or if you are someone who doesn't have benefits at their job, but you pay for uh, any type of insurance through your state, number one is going to hit right at home with you. And that is the fact that health insurance doesn't cover your vision or dental. Now, I am someone who... Uh, has only had insurance for the last maybe like five or six years through my job. Never had it before that. And I'm so happy and so fortunate that I have such good insurance that I don't have to pay too much out of pocket because I know um, in this country, uh, medical costs will wipe you out. Like I'm talking bankrupts, leave you with no money for yourself to fend for yourself, to feed yourself, to clothe yourself. Medical in this country is an absolute in and of itself that itself is a scam and the fact that health insurance doesn't cover your vision or dental excuse me when did my eyes and my teeth not become part of my health oh america the great you do it again with rating at the very bottom of first world countries that literally fucking hates their citizens till this day i don't understand why dental and vision is not covered under like just general health insurance Because it's not like I personally went out to the fucking eye store to buy a specific pair of eyeballs. And then out of those eyeballs that I chose, I happened to pick one with astigmatism. Or the fact that, like, the bones that just happen to help me break down my food so I can properly digest that food so I don't fucking choke and die. You know, every once in a while, they're going to get a cavity because I just eat too much sugar. But honestly, that's America's fault, and I'm hella gonna fucking play the victim right now and blame (laughs) America, because America, if you didn't have so much fucking processed sugar and sodium and just, like, fake everything nowadays and literally make majority of the food here disgusting and just unhealthy, people wouldn't have as many cavities and as many teeth and health issues and probably eye issues, let's be honest. So therefore, this conversation wouldn't need to happen because no one would be having these issues. So let's just all collectively blame America for being fucking stupid. Yeah, the fact that two, uh, sorry, the fact that um, everything good for you, like fruits, vegetables, lean meats, and things of that nature, the fact that those things that are actually good for you and good for your health cost uh, two to three to four dollars more than, you know, uh, that bag of chicken strips or that bag of chips or that bag of greasy whatever the fuck you're looking at across the way the fact that that stuff is a lot cheaper uh than the stuff that's actually good for you is very telling uh of the state of our country because for the longest time we were the fattest country uh in the world and i think we still are uh i know at one point we were overtaken by mexico i'm not sure what the stats on that are now that granted, that was a few years ago but if if i'm being honest it does it really matter because like if, even if we're not uh the fattest we are still certainly up there like this country has a serious problem with uh like you said putting putting all these chemicals and sugars and additives and preservatives and fruit uh, food dyes and colorings and everything under the sun to make our food taste good when realistically all that stuff is what's contributing to um a lot of us getting certain cancers and getting certain uh diseases and whatnot like it's just we're putting so much of this unhealthy stuff into our body uh, and going back to uh, cavities. Uh, we mentioned uh, we're talking about our teeth. Your teeth can if you have bad teeth and bad dental hygiene that can directly lead to you getting heart disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's how, how can you sit there and say my health insurance doesn't cover dental when my when my teeth are literally tied to my heart <laughs> if I yep. don't take care of them. You know, I I mean, we'll have to pull this up and also like people can fact check us. But I find it really hard to believe that Mexico would be um, surpassing the United States because every time I go to Mexico, I lose weight. Every time I go out of America, the way that my stomach snatches and is so flat, I have the confidence of a bad Instagram bitch that I could be wearing crop tops and booty shorts. I could be walking around in a bikini feeling like my finest self because the food that I eat does not make me feel like I weigh a thousand pounds. It doesn't make me feel sluggish. It doesn't make me feel run down. But the moment I get back into America, I feel like shit. 
And like you know, even the plain snacks make me feel like shit. Ooh, plain snacks. Those are the worst. Uh, actually, no, sometimes sometimes planes have pretty okay food, but you have to like really, really be in the mood for it. Yeah. Sometimes they have good cookies. Yeah. Oh, girl. See, and that's the problem right there. We're just going on a going on a rant about all this unhealthy stuff. And you mentioned the, just the mere mention of cookies, and I'm like ready to fall over myself. Yep. <laughs> oh, Points God. proven. Right. Moving on. Uh, con- number two is this one absolutely makes no sense to. Uh, it does and it doesn't because Ticketmaster has gotten in major trouble for this recently. Uh, number two is convenience fees. You know what? If there was ever a petition to completely do away with Ticketmaster and all these other companies that just fucking steal a hundred dollars from you for no fucking reason, I would be on that bandwagon quick. Places like Ticketmaster need to cease to exist. You know, it's convenience fees really are they're like twofold because on one hand, yeah, we have like you said, we have Ticketmaster, right? However, Ticketmaster, while technically they're not the only way to purchase tickets, they are um the they are the biggest ticket selling company uh, them and live nation which i mean they're technically the same company um and a lot of venues uh are being bought up by live nation i know of one venue uh, up in sacramento called the ace of spades for years they they were i, I don't know if, i think they were independently owned and then live nation came and bought them now they're all their ticket sales are through uh Ticketmaster and live nation and uh when you when you make your venues uh go through one point of purchase and you charge a convenience fee well you're not the convenience is me using your service not because i have a choice but because i have to that's not a convenience at that point uh, unless you're saying you want me to you charge me an extra a dollar fifty because i didn't drive an hour uh, from my house to go to the box office at the Ace of Spades to avoid your service fees and convenience fees and all your shove it up your ass fees. Like the fact that this stuff still goes on to this day is is astounding, and I'm glad that I'm, I'm as much as you want to as much as people don't like Taylor Swift and her fans. The fact that uh, her and her fans got Congress to get involved with Ticketmaster and their hidden fees uh uh hidden fees uh racket they've got going on over there is absolutely insane and I'm glad something is finally being done about that. Well, it's just kind of like and okay, th- I'm on that, but then also it's like when you okay, hold on. I have like a million thoughts running through my mind. So, if I was an artist, I would probably not do ticket sales like online and that's for the sake of like i would want people who i would probably find some way to limit so that way my tickets aren't being resold for fucking hella money because as an artist i would think that most people just want people to come to their shows and obviously as soon as you get like really fucking famous like taylor swift it's for sure all about the money it's definitely not about the fans but at some point as an artist, I feel like you have an obligation to really show that side of you of like, do I favor my fans or do I favor the money that's being built in? Which in this case, like that's kind of what she was doing with that. And those fees is just like, my fans are spending $600 on a ticket when that ticket should have been four. But fucking Ticketmaster has all these other fees and shit. Like what? But on top of that, it's like, if you're not being scammed by that, you're being scammed by ticket by people who bought that ticket for like a hundred bucks and are reselling it for four. And it yeah, fucking sucks. Like I hate that that's a thing. Like if there was some way to code it so each person who buys a select amount of tickets can only resell for that price that was they were bought at, that would be great. Or instead of one person being able to buy like ten tickets to resell them for different prices. Like, they should be limited to the amount of tickets they can buy. And maybe that's a little, like, harsh or that's too, you know, um, rigid or whatever. But, I mean, or strict. I was trying to think of that word and I couldn't think of it. 
But at the end of the day, like, these people are robbing other people who actually want to go to these concerts of an experience of a, a, a lifetime. So you, DeAndre, you literally have traveled for concerts. Like, mm-hmm. you going into your concert attending era that you've been in is amazing. And I'm sure there's been hella times when you probably were like, fuck, that's a lot for a ticket. But the experience is invaluable, you know? Right. And more recently, like this past year, SZA came to Oakland and then Carol G came to Oakland. And I fucking wanted to go so, so, so bad. Like, if I would have been at a Carol G concert, reggaeton artist, she's bad bitch, like, look her up, her music's fucking fire. She's full on blowing up right now and i'm so happy she is um but like i it would have made my whole life because this album both of her albums the regular mañana será bonito and uh bichota season like they just do something for my soul and they just make me feel so good and i probably would have literally died of happiness going to her concert but because a 150 dollars ticket that i could have spent my money on turned into fucking like 300 bucks after all those convenience fees on Ticketmaster, yep man mm-hmm. i was like it's not even worth it that's why they get you uh when your fees are just as much as the ticket it's it's what's the point what's the point anymore uh, number three, uh, the idea that you have to stand or sit for eight hours a day, depending on your job. Um, I promise you, I can scan items sitting down just as well as standing. <laughs> yeah, I've never understood. I, I hate the fact that the American workforce, uh, we have all been trained with this mentality of if you're sitting, you're not working. If you're sitting, you're lazy. If you're sitting down for even 30 seconds, you're you're not making us money time is money all that stuff and like guys i can do my job but just of course of course it's all dependent on the job of course but i can do my job just as well standing up i don't need to be on my feet to scan items i don't need to be on my feet to uh i i don't know there's just there's a lot of things i don't need to be on my feet for all all freaking day you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Like the the cashiers at Walmart, let them sit down. I don't care. the 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 fact that managers and supervisors and CEOs think uh, people sitting down is just literally laziness is absolutely uh, the wrong way of thinking. Um, who is it? I don't I don't know if this is true or not. But I've always heard because I haven't been to one in in years. But the the store or the brand Aldi's, uh, they they allow their cashiers to sit at the register. And I say, good, let them do it. I don't care. Are my items getting scanned? Are they getting put into the bag? And am I walking out with my items uh, any less faster? Probably not. Like, who cares? I People, we need to stop thinking that people being on their feet for eight hours. First of all, that's not good for your knees and your hips and your feet in general to be on that, to be uh, standing that long. Granted, it's not also healthy to be sitting for that long either, but you can get up out of your chair for five minutes and stretch and take a walk like in your case you see you say you don't like being tied to a desk but um and i and i'm sure your you know your back starts to hurt and whatnot but like easy remedies for that just as simple just get up and move for a little bit uh, that's that's much easier to do than being on your feet for six hours and then you get a, a 10 minute break and then you're right back up and working again yep um you said something deandre and i have a serious question for you uh-huh what Walmarts are you going to where they have cashiers? Because the Walmarts I oh, be going yeah. to do not. <laughs> I, I, oh, I, you know, I. As soon as I said that, I wanted to backtrack and be like, "Oh wait, no, they don't have cashiers anymore. They're all uh, self checkouts." Literally, they're all self checkout, and and then the self checkout lines are long, and then you're like, "Why are they so long?" And it's like, "Oh, because people are stealing." You can. It's funny how they did that to, um like improve efficiency and to save money but i know like 90 percent of the self-checkout items are being stolen man like, you know that too it's it's funny you say that i was literally listening to a podcast and they were talking about that exact same thing of how people are just scamming the system though people are always going to find a way to scam the system right it's the employee discount if you yeah. scan your own shit then yeah we're sending my w-2 at the end of the year you want to cut back on theft, but then you end up encouraging theft by letting people do it on their own. Well, they're going to find a way around the system. Yeah. And That's- I mean, realistically, for all my folks out there, 
Um, if you are someone who's partaking in these uh, illegal activities, I'm not condoning it here at the Soft Boiled Podcast. We are not saying stealing is okay. If you are stealing because you need to survive in this economy, you know, everyone's got to do what everyone's got to do. Just make sure you're not stealing expensive shit so they don't catch you on that shit because they usually wait until you're stealing the big money items to try and get you. So just be careful out there, y'all. Speaking of big money items, uh, I'm going to let you uh, take over for the next 30 seconds. I need to step away for a hot sec. However, number four, and you can attest to this more than I can. Uh, I have very little experience with this since I didn't go to college that much. But number four, college textbooks. The biggest scam in society. Okay, first of all, when it comes to college textbooks... There is no fucking reason why we should be spending an arm, a leg, and a kidney for full-time schedules. So if you are a full-time student in the state of California, that's 12 units, and I think it's pretty general across the United States, but um, I can't attest to that completely. But I do know in California, 12 units is about four classes, maybe three, but it's usually four. And if you're like me, spring semester of 2016, then it was actually <laughs> five classes because only one of those classes counted as one unit and I didn't know. Um, but for college textbooks, if you're taking five classes and each textbook is $200, two times five is 10, you, you get, you get 10, you know, $1,000 per textbook um, or per semester. And that's fucking ridiculous. And you know why it's ridiculous? Because I think about like 4% of students in that class probably read that textbook. Most college classes can be passed without buying the textbook. There are some circumstances where you might actually really find that textbook to be things you'll use in the future. For example, I took a class on cognitive behavioral therapy. I use it in my practice. So I rented out the book and then I bought it out. Um, let me just save y'all a bunch of money and a bunch of time. Tumblr used to be a thing. It's not so much of a thing anymore, but you know what is a thing? All of their files. So every time I took a class, I would go to Tumblr and seeing if someone had a PDF file on it. Majority of the textbooks that you need in college have a PDF version. So you can literally Google the name of the textbook and then PDF Go to your school's library, online library. You probably could find a PDF version because everything is digitized now. And because of the pandemic, this is actually something good that came out of the pandemic. A lot of people focus on uploading their textbooks online for free access because of the shutdowns. So do not pay $200 for a textbook unless you are absolutely sure you're going to use it again. You're going to use it for your practice. It directly is a resource that you can always gravitate towards then yeah but also find an all like alternative version go to regular bookstores to see if they have them there buy a used version like you don't need to be spending this much money on textbook this is like classic classism it's classic racism it's like all the structural oppression you could possibly think of because college in america was meant for white people the rich white people at that and it's 2024 we're not about that anymore. Get rid of these damn prices. And while we're at it, y'all, okay, America, y'all need to lower these fucking education prices too. Because my master's degree was a fucking formality. I was already doing this work. And that's exactly why the government will be paying my master's degree. Because y'all could let me practice without one. But because of stupid laws, I have to practice with one. Um, lower college tuition and also lower these damn books. Yesenia for president 2024. Let's go. <laughs> yeah free ice cream on tuesdays fuck um tequila tuesdays oh yeah sorry okay uh ice cream wednesdays nothing on wednesdays i don't think no i mean we could do whiskey wednesdays but eh. yeah alcohol back to back and eh. uh but no yeah everything everything you said even though i missed the first couple seconds everything you said and then some uh the fact that your book that you're only using your book for like what four or five months and then you don't you probably don't ever look at it ever again you probably just donate it to the like you said to the bookstore the library or something and let the next let's guy be real. i don't think anybody uses their books like maybe the first chapter at that and then it just sits there in your room yeah the fact that the teacher assigns the books and 
uh, props to the teachers uh, that we had in, well, at least the teachers that I had, I, don't, I can't speak for you, but the teachers I had at a uh, community college, they would always encourage like, yeah, there's this book, but uh, if you get like the version that's maybe like two or three versions below the one we have, yeah, yeah it'll work just, it'll work just as good. And that version is like 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. If you can find it. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that is a better alternative than me spending, like you said, $200 times five classes and spending that extra thousand dollars for some books. I'm going to probably hardly ever touch. And then they're just going to, you know, get sent to the bonfire when I'm done with them. Literally. And, you know, it. I mean, realistically, it's like, I don't think the textbooks, I don't think classes should be that dependent on textbooks anyways. Uh, number five, that it's considered normal to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a wedding ring or a wedding, comma, ring, comma, bachelor party, comma, etc. Uh, yeah. Now, look, neither one of us, uh, for all intents and purposes, are close to getting married. Um, as, well, I don't know. Are you? I would marry my man tomorrow if he would let me. Well, all right, then that settles that. Uh, but the fact that, yeah, weddings and all the things surrounding a wedding cost so goddamn much. That's the thing that makes me not excited about getting married is the cost. And I get it. You know, everyone's different. Not everyone wants like a big extravagant thing. Uh, but even even a small thing can can still run your pockets. Um I don't know. Like I had a friend that got married pretty recently and I went to his wedding and it wasn't um, a super, super big thing, but it was like, I, I don't know, maybe like a medium, smallish to medium sized wedding. But I, I, I never asked him. I probably should have actually. Uh, but I mean, I can't imagine renting a venue, uh, having catering there and having a head count for every single person uh, so everyone can get a plate and maybe then some. Uh, maybe you hire a band and maybe you, you get a photographer. Maybe you get two of photographers or three photographers. You get a DJ and on, t- on top of the, the photographers suit. alone are like 10 K. Yeah. And then you got uh, the attire. You got your, you got your tux. You got, she's got her dress. Yeah. Of course you already spent money on the ring. Uh, you got to hire a priest or a rabbi or whatever, however you float your boat. You know, it's, it's all uh, just talking about it. it makes me not excited <laughs> at all. No, I would rather spend all that money on like a honeymoon or like a house. And I mean, to each their own. I never really thought about getting married anyways. So for me, it's not the biggest of deals. But I will say that like, I I have a friend getting married soon. And when she told me the budget for her wedding, I gasped. <laughs> Uh-oh. Because I was like, girl, how much? I was like, that is that is ha- like that's a third of a house you know like i was very shooketh at the budget for her wedding mm-hmm. and you know i know in some traditions it's it's normal for your dad to pay for the wedding i don't have that luxury my dad don't really think he can afford his phone bill to be quite honest um and you know like that's just the privilege that i don't have um and for that reason and for multiple other reasons if i do get married i would probably elope i would want something really low-key and as little to no issues or stress that i could possibly deal with you know i kind of like the eloping route too i've always kind of thought about that like just take a little vacation just disappear turn off the phone turn off the social media don't say nothing to nobody don't tell nobody where you're going just just go do your thing and then you come back a couple of days later with a ring on your finger and just let just let everyone find out naturally and realistically okay so i was ah, is it there's this video on tiktok that just went around about people talking shit so it was this couple it was a black couple and this man takes his girl out to a lovely dinner, got her bouquet of roses. They were dressed to the nine. They were a very beautiful black couple. Like, skin looked flawless. Like, black don't crack. Like, I was impressed at this, like, to the nine attire. 
and he proposed and it was the most beautiful ring she was so happy like like they just looked good they looked happy for me i pay attention to people's skin and i just feel like their skin was even more glowy after the proposal and the saying of yes or the saying you know yes i'll marry you and people in the comments were talking shit that this man proposed to her with the pandora ring and i didn't really understand why people were upset until someone explained it that like a pandora is like a cheap brand or like their diamonds aren't real or like there's not a lot of money and then people in the comments were saying how like men should be and of course here comes the gender roles right that men should pay three times the amount of their monthly income for a ring Mm -hmm. and i'm just like if my man were to take the top of a fucking red bull you know the little thing that helps you open the red bull yep yep if he took that shit and found a way to attach it to my fucking finger to propose to me you best believe i'm wearing that shit for the rest of my life i will never if he didn't even have a ring i'd say yes if he made me a makeshift ring in the moment i'd say yes because it's not about the ring and all the girls that made comments about that ring i know are either in shitty fucking marriages are probably working on a divorce or are very hard to please people because if you're focused on the material mm, I'm sorry, but you got bigger issues than the type of ring you're going to be getting. <laughs> Amen. Like they always say, it's the thought that counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six. And of course, if we don't get through this whole list, there's 19 items on this. We're on number six, and we're already halfway done with the episode by now. So if we don't get through everything, of course, we can always come back to it. Um, and of course, we can always revisit some of these with, with um, more Ramen Raiders uh in the future so if you don't get through this whole list that's fine we'll just take we're just we're just shooting this shit uh number six is luxury skin care go to a dermatologist pay less and get real results i am someone who has never really had to take care of my skin in such a way uh, a little bit of a humble brag uh i've never really had to fight off zits or acne or any sort of blemishes um i've been very fortunate in that aspect um my uh, lovely girlfriend has also been kind enough to uh, help me with certain skincare products um, since we've been together. And I am super thankful for that. And I hate I, to tell you this, but she didn't do those things to help you with your skin. She did that to mark her territory. That's what we do. <laughs> I do remember. I do remember you saying that uh, like a couple episodes back continue (laughs) um but yeah i so i i can't really speak to the whole skincare culture the whole skincare um line i know there's like a whole tiktok and youtube um you know community around beauty you know i know um uh what's his name james charles and uh the other guy james charles is canceled he's okay he's my he's james charles is canceled everyone excuse me (laughs) he's like a pedophile or some shit like that he like yeah there was like a whole thing where he was like purposely getting at straight men and then like kind of coercing them into doing um things that they didn't really want to do and then it came out later that these people were younger allegedly because i'm not trying to get sued Um, allegedly 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 james charles cancel okay so okay there's just the whole community around beauty beauty (laughs) gurus and you know beauty personalities on youtube and tiktok Uh, most of them which i don't know um my girlfriend she's on tiktok a lot so she could she you know be able to tell you about who's popular and and what the drama and all the tea is going on but uh i i don't do you have any experience with uh like going to Sephora or going to Ulta and looking at, or even like Walmart or Target or whoever or whatever store has, you know, makeup and skincare products and whatnot. And, you know, being able to be like, Oh, this does that, that does this. Or, or do you do like what this says and just go to a dermatologist? Um, I don't go to a dermatologist because I also, as a humble brag, don't have acne prone, skin or just really any skin issues i think i i'm very grateful for my genetics that way because me my brother and my sister actually all have really great skin um so i never had to have that um come up for me but i will say as i've gotten older you know like aging has been an issue well not even an issue it's just a concern like wrinkles 
um oil i've always had oily skin but i've learned to actually embrace that because it makes me look extra glowy um and then you know like the occasional pimple here and there but that's usually because like i forget to take off my makeup or i didn't clean my makeup brushes so they were dirty and they had built up i I had built up on my skin um but i will say i personally so i actually wanted to be an esthetician um so doing facials and you know really learning more about like skincare and things like that because i have really good skin i really do do my best i try my best to take care of it um so i did a lot of research growing up about like what products are best for my skin type i have oily to combo skin during the the winter times it's definitely more dry Wait, oily um, to what? oily to combination skin oh, so basically com- you okay. can have yeah dry skin or oily skin or somewhere in the middle which is like combo oh i see, I see. um and it and it tends to you know change it ebbs and flows for sure so mine definitely does and during the winter times is actually when it gets more dry so through my own research i have been able to you know, create my own skincare regimen. And I never actually did become an esthetician because I came, I became a therapist instead. Um, but I will say that I've learned a lot of the times products at like Ulta and Sephora, like they are high end products for the sake of name brands that don't actually really do much for your skin. And that's not all products. Like, I'm not trying to bash on Sephora or Ulta, you know, but they were originally like makeup stores. They weren't these like skincare stores. So, if I'm going to get skincare products, I definitely take a look at the ingredients. I will go to the actual company's website to see um, what other type of products they sell. And then usually it says like clinically tested. I actually do take the time to research the testing that they've done and what their targeted um, results were. So usually like a product, for example, they're testing to see if it'll help reduce fine lines. But in the testing process, it actually helped people have like smaller pores. And so they'll advertise for both. But, and that's another thing with America, it's like, you can, as long as you have, like, a small percentage of results in a test, you can market that. Um, It's kind of like how people can market if something's 100% natural, if it's only 0.1% or 0.01%. So, or that's kind of like people who are, like, with uh, gluten allergies Something can be gluten-free, but still actually contain gluten because it has, like, micro amounts of gluten. So, again, another issue with America's fucking stupid-ass country. Anyway, so (laughs) for me nowadays is I do the research. Um, And then my best friend, one of my best friends is an esthetician. And so if I'm having issues, I go to her for my facials. And then I just review my skincare products with her. And she'll kind of tell me what I sub in and sub out. But I'm not spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on my skincare routine. I do spend quite a bit of money, but it's like every five months I'll spend that much money. And that much money is like 400 bucks. But I'm getting moisturizers and serums and masks, toners, hydrators, um, under eye creams, sunscreen. I spend the most amount of money on sunscreen, actually. Um, cleansers, uh, exfoliants. Uh, things like literally like from start to finish like i get everything in one trip there's a lot going on over there you just said a whole bunch of shit that i was like what is she talking about yeah but, i but have I mean, like a nine step process for my skincare routine sheesh i don't always do all nine steps it just depends on what my skin's feeling um but yeah i mean hey whatever works you know as long as as long as that skin's glowing Mm-hmm. And looking fine as wine. And hey, uh, number seven, uh, this one we talked about uh, a little bit earlier, just riffing on it. Uh, number seven, America's tax return system. The uh, And I love the explanation for this, too. It says the government, the government takes more money from you than they should. 
and you have to fill out lots of paperwork to try to catch them on it or pay someone to do it for you, which that right there is a scam within a scam. Paying someone to do your taxes for you. Mm, mm, mm. Then when you get the money back, even though it should have been yours to begin with, you feel like you got a bone. You, and this is in quotes. It feels like you got bonus money, which uh, a lot of people just end up spending on random shit. So the government gets to skim more money off the top of it in sales tax. Yep. God. Truly, yeah. we get money taken for us to, the government takes our money for us to have to file and or pay for services to file proof that we made that money for the government to not even give us all our money back because realistically they don't. And the money we do get back is taxed just for us to spend money on stupid shit like vacations new tvs new refrigerators that has sales tax and uh some type of crv tax because we're buying like coke and squirt and this and that and all these other fucking sales tax bullshit nonsense if you're passing a bridge you're paying toll which is a tax you're driving on roads that they take money from your taxes to build so it can stay shitty the whole system of taxes is fucking stupid and we need to like come together to boycott the fuck out of it not to mention uh city tax and state tax oh my god yes you might as well just get taxed for breathing at this point if we're being completely honest we might as well go back to fucking 1776 and prevent them from fucking boycotting against great britain and just stayed with them and stayed in their fucking tax brackets so we can at least just knew we were getting fucked yeah because honestly at this point it's basically the same thing <laughs> instead of them no, instead of great same thing instead of great britain fucking us we're fucking ourselves the whole reason why we became an independent country and boom and we they, just and they rioted the they rioted and revolted over what two percent tax what was it something like that something incredibly low and yet here we are in 20 plus 24 and uh, I don't know what other state taxes are like, but here in California, we're getting taxed like what eight percent on everything we buy, something like that. Something some outrageous. Like now. Is it not? Yeah, I know. I know they've gone up steadily over the years because these fucking idiots keep voting to increase our taxes so they could quote unquote fix our roads and our highways, which they take forever. If you're gonna fix our roads and highways, could you do it in a manner that doesn't occur on like the most busiest weekends? You shut down a major freeway and force everyone to go a, uh, another way, and you do it on the most busy times of year uh i just i don't get it and then so many there all the roads are shitty our gas prices in in california are one of some of the highest in the nation it's unbelievable did you i don't remember if we've talked about this um but in case people don't know they actually so in california we have like toll bridges i know they have it in like washington i'm sure they have it across the nation um but we have like fast track lane, which is basically a lane dedicated. You pay, um, well, I guess in some areas of the Bay Area, you pay per mileage type of thing. So it's like yeah. 50 cents it's for every like mile. It's basically like a, a paid express lane. Yeah. So you basically pay to to take a less busy lane. Um, well, there was this pro- 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 blah, blah, blah. There was a proposal to extend that for every single lane on the freeway. Which oh, for most yeah, I've, I've heard the about area and in, in California, there are about four lanes. Some roads have two, some roads have three. But yeah, for most of them, there are four lanes. So basically what they want is for the rich people in California to drive and create businesses for us poor people to work from home because we will literally not be able to afford to drive outside of the town limits. Yeah, they, they say that. They do it in the name of, quote unquote, to alleviate congestion around the Bay Area. But realistically, it's like people got to get to work. People got to if you if you know anything about the Bay Area, um, it's that a lot of people do not work in the city that they live in, <laughs> you mm. know, and, and that's true for a lot of us here. Uh, if you work, if we live, we uh, I live in a city called Vallejo. A lot of people 
most of the people that live here do not work here unless you're like a younger a younger fella but a lot of the older people that work here they work in san francisco they work in san jose they work in oakland they work in berkeley some work uh uh in sacramento they don't live they just live here but they travel across the bay area and across Cal northern california to get to their place of work imagine that same and it's the same thing people that live uh live in san jose work in san francisco all the you know we all travel and commute everywhere the fact mm -hmm. that you want to tax every you want to put a, a a paid toll on every single lane uh to a to quote unquote alleviate traffic that that's that's just cool. call it what it is you want the rich people to be driving and the poor people to stay home yeah that's it's just so dumb honestly like, and Sometimes I'm like, okay, pass it and see what happens. Like, just fucking do it and see what happens. How much shit our governor would get? And you know, if I think I don't, I don't know when the governor election is up, but if it's Gavin Newsom, he's already fucking in the gutter anyway, so he will just have a further disseminated reputation. But then it's like, I, you know, right now a big thing, especially in the Bay Area, but I think across California we have a homeless issue. I know America does in general. But it's like um, people in tech from like Texas, from Indiana, from Massachusetts came to Silicon Valley to create the tech industry and then fucking made all of these prices go up, made housing go up. So now they're leaving these areas because they don't like the homelessness and the drug users and the congestion of traffic and the congestion of not having privacy because your neighbor is on top of you. And then on top of that, they're now buying out uh, land in other counties like Solano County, where, you know, Vallejo, Vacaville, Fairfield, Dixon is, um, Sassoon. So they can build mini cities to avoid things like homelessness and drug users and things like that, which I hate to tell y'all, for those who bought land and plan on doing this, you kind of fucked yourself because all the people you kicked out when you came for the tech industry rise, you sent them this way. And because you sent them this way, um, got on their feet but if you actually do pass this idea of making all lanes tolls all of us that are too poor to afford that we'll lose our jobs and then we will be at home which then we'll lose our homes so that will further increase the uh people who are homeless in the solano county area which puts a dent in your plan of creating like a mini san francisco but that's nicer and less smelly with less homeless people so part of me is like yeah do it please do it so i can be homeless and these people don't have to buy and create little mini cities in Solano County. And then it becomes a further bigger issue. And then hopefully Californians will then get so mad that we just rebel against California and then the government itself. But that's just me. I just, I live for the rebellion. In case you didn't know which side of Star Wars I was on. <laughs> Viva la revolucion. Yes. Uh, number eight uh, needs no further uh, explanation. Uh, claw machines. Okay, I need to hear your opinion on this one because I think our opinions are different. Oh, my opinion on claw machines? Yes. Uh oh, now I'm interested because I don't, <laughs> I don't think I have uh much of an opinion on claw machines other than um, I, it's hard because I've seen you guys like be not like quote unquote good at them because. I'm not going to sit here and say there's a trick and everything. Look, I, I'm just going to... I don't like them. There, I, I don't like claw machines. Do you think they're a scam? <sighs> that's... That... I'm not going to lie. That's a tough one. Um, Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. You know, I'm not going to say anything. They probably are a scam. But you know what? It's okay because I fucking love them. And you know what it is? It's the same thing as gambling. And this is how people become gambling addicts. You think you have it. And it's that adrenaline rush and this idea of gratification of like, ooh, I got the prize, right? So then you keep going back for more. Um, the Ramen Riders took a Lake Tahoe trip like two years ago. And in that Tahoe trip, we went to Reno. And on that trip to Reno, your girl here spent $300 to get one Hello Kitty plush from a claw machine. <laughs> yeah, she she went absolutely berserk. I have no regrets. Because at that time, our lovely fellow ramen raider, Ted the Bayer, 
was on the opposite side of me attempting to get the exact same Hello Kitty plushie that I was trying to get. And we both got them at the same time. But he was only trying to get it just to give it to me. Uh, but yeah, they, they pr I probably would have saved a lot of money on a few different trips had I not found a claw machine. Yeah, I've always, I don't know if there's any truth to this, but people have always said that, um, yeah, uh, claw machines are a scam because they, they either run on like a timer or they run on like a, I don't know what, what you'd call it, like a, like a clicker, I guess. And every, every, like, I don't know, hundred, every hundred people that walk by the claw will actually grip something like it'll actually grip grip whatever it is uh you're grabbing onto because we all know those claw machines they don't really grip they just sort of like lazily uh clasp onto the the plushie or the doll or whatever it is you're trying to get they just sort of lazily grab it and then they just sort of not bring it up but yeah. people have always said that like, yeah like every like 10 or every 15 or every 30 or every whatever the claw will actually grab whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, whatever. But now we've got the claw machines where you've got like two button presses and you have to move it to the right and then you move it to the back and then it'll it'll maneuver whatever it is you're getting off of bars or you, you have to maneuver it in a way to where... Uh, you have to knock something off of a off of a, a platform or a post or something and they've gotten very not intricate but they've gotten they the claw machines have gotten clever they've caught on to our mm -hmm. scheme as consumers and they keep winning because people like Yesenia and Teddy will keep playing them I know they're just so fun to play I don't think there's like a specific mechanism for it um or like a cheat sheet or they're rigged I just think people suck. <laughs> I feel that. Uh, number nine. And this is something I have hated for so fucking long. And to this day, I still do not get it, even though I've had it explained to me before. And I'll get to that in a second. Number nine, paying the same price for digital and physical games i guess you can let's just let's just say that it's media also because movies and music are also kind of the same way like correct mm -hmm. me if i'm wrong but shouldn't we pay less when buying a digital game when you buy physical you are paying 70 dollars for a disc and by the way games are 70 dollars now it's fucking crazy uh for the disc the box the art and probably the uh, distribution costs and the game when you buy digital you're paying $70 for just the game it just doesn't seem logical to me and I 100% agree while I agree with that here is how I had it explained to me and this explanation has stuck with me for like 15 years because I heard it way long ago it's that if if you make physical if you make digital games cheaper even by $5 right uh microsoft sony nintendo um you are effectively undercutting your distribution partners by doing that like gamestop and walmart and target and best buy circuit city rest in peace but you are undercutting your your distrib your distribution and your partners by undercutting them the five dollars because the games and even sort of like GameStop, it's literally a place where you go to buy games like you are undercutting them. You are taking business away from them. That is why. Uh, and of course, that that was years ago. I don't know what the explanation could be now, but that is why physical and digital games cost the exact same thing, even though when you buy a $70 game digitally or really any piece of media digitally, you are not getting the physical box. You're not getting the physical art. That stuff may still be present because a lot of times they'll they'll uh, you can still get your soundtrack. You can still get your custom art that comes with the premium edition or the special editions, what have you, whatever those games come with. 
you may lose out on a cool poster or something fine but the rest of the content you're gonna get it you're just gonna get it digitally and most of the time whenever you went to gamestop and you got your pre-order copy for call of duty or halo or whatever the case may be a lot of the times that content was digital anyway so you were always going to get that content you're never you were never going to get that content physically the only thing you were really paying for was a steel case and you got a cool art with the steel case now i'm guilty of buying these up by the by the bunches i have tons of steel cases for games um because they're just cool to look at but i paid the extra money and i knew what i was getting i'm not paying that extra money for i'm not paying 70 dollars or i'm not gonna pay 80 90 dollars for call of duty the special edition of call of duty if i'm not gonna get my fucking case with it sorry that's my little rant you wanted me to rant yesenia and i fucking ranted i'm sorry about fucking time jeez took you like thirty thousand episodes you know yeah everything you said as someone who literally just bought something from gamestop like 20 minutes ago <laughs> um actually like right before you texted me um that also sounds like not my problem like i yeah exactly i'm not if i'm okay for example if so recently i got the lego fortnite game because uh, my man plays and he wanted us to play together. So I went on Epic Games, I downloaded Epic Games, and I got the game from them. The only people I owe money for to that process is Epic Games. So this digital copy that I bought of this game should go to them because I didn't buy it from anybody else. But places like, I mean, not to talk shit, but it's like places like GameStop you know target walmart whatever like these distributors you're talking about like that's what you are you're a distributor and if people can get a game for cheaper by going to the source and we're cutting out the middleman we should be able to do that we are the consumer we are the one buying these products so we should have a say in the fact that those five dollars are five dollars we want to spend for another game and that's something i always fucking hate about marketing that like just does not make sense to me because in the gaming community, I bet you how much, like, so many fucking people, if we can get digital games for $5 cheaper, those fucking $5 we saved would go towards another game 100% of the time. Like, okay, maybe like 90% of the time. But it's like, yeah, I'm going to keep going back to these people, the main source to get these games because I can save money on them. And that's money that I'll have when the new Spider-Man comes out, when the new fucking Call of Duty comes out, when the new fucking um, Final Fantasy comes out. You know what I mean? Like, it's... And on top of that, like, we just... Right <laughs> on top of that, like, digital copies aren't ours to keep, technically. If, if fucking PlayStation were to ever go out of business, what happens to all those games that you have digitally downloaded on them? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why physical media... Still so important as uh as all these media outlets try to wrestle away the content from our clutches, even though we have bought them with our hard earned money. Uh, number 10, we already talked about this subscription services for fucking everything. We already talked about this in our uh, last episode, actually. So if you want to delve deep into what we think about subscription services, you can just, you know, take one step backwards, put this episode on pause, take a listen to that last episode. Come on right back. We'll be right here waiting for you. Uh, we're going to move right right along to number 11 because I don't think we we haven't talked about this in a long time. And this will probably be the last topic. Uh, and then we'll wrap up after this. Uh, number 11 is America's tipping culture. Uh, the fact that businesses have to put the burden on consumers to pay their employees livable wages is a joke. And that's I think I, we did cover this in our last episode. If I don't if I remember correctly, there was like things to leave behind is that expectation of tipping i want to say but i could be wrong i think it was like the expectation of tipping whereas this is the entire culture around tipping uh like uh, and 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 of course if we're retouching this uh forgive us but uh this is something that I did kind of want to talk about just a little bit, not too much, because oh yeah, for sure. Because I, uh, I'm sure I just like many of us listening to this have worked in some sort of service industry where tipping was encouraged. Uh, I used to work as a sandwich artist, sandwich maker uh, for a local sandwich shop here in town, right? 
Uh, and my tips were very good. I'm talking every day. I would walk out that bitch with, even on a slow day, I'd walk out that bitch with an extra $20 in my pocket. And that's, you know, with sharing tips with everybody. So everybody's pool was like 20, 20 something bucks. I was like, oh, cool. This is awesome. Now, of course, my case is a little different because I wasn't just taking your order and turning around an iPad, right? I was taking your order. And in some cases, if I was on register, I wouldn't be making sandwiches. If I was making sandwiches, I wouldn't be on register, obviously. But uh, if I were uh, making your sandwich, I'd make that bitch as clean and as crisp and as meaty and as juicy or as dry as you wanted it. I would put a lot of love into what I did. And so I think that, you know, translated into really good tips. And it, and it did like there, I'd have people come up to me on the side and, you know, like, Hey, thanks. You made my sandwich, you know, really good. Here's a little something extra. It'd be like one or $2, you know, I didn't, I didn't complain or whatever, but like, you know, just the fact that I provided a service and they liked it as opposed to you are just expected to, uh, arbitrarily and upfront, even before you even get the service, you are expected to tip uh, these people. And that, that is the part of the tipping culture that I do not agree with. I actually don't agree with tipping culture at all. I think everyone should just get a livable, a livable wage. You feel me? Um, mm -hmm. now, and, and again, I go back and forth on that because for the love of God, the people at McDonald's cannot stop fucking over me and the American people for the love of God. You want 50, you want a livable wage. You want $15 an hour, but you can't put sauce in a fucking bag. Give me a break. I'm sorry. But, you want a livable wage, but I literally ordered a McChicken and some fries and you gave me a fucking Big Mac. Yeah. Like what's Where going the fuck are my fries? <laughs> like what's going on here, guys. But anyway, that's another topic for another day, I guess. But, um, yeah, the whole tipping culture and, and, and it's gotten really bad. Like I know I, I always hear stories, but I haven't seen it personally of, you know, uh, you, you walk into a place and there's no, there's no one taking your order. You do it all on, uh, you know, you do it on the iPad or on the screen and they offer you a chance to tip at the end. And it's like, well, no one took my order. I did this all myself. Who is this tip going to exactly? Exactly. What do you mean tip? I did the work of ordering my own food and God forbid something's wrong. And I already tipped you. You know what I mean? Like, uh, hello, what's going on here? I yeah and the, we also have a whole episode uh about this concept with um other members of our group on the simmering with the ramen raiders podcast so you can definitely get more opinions um I actually really liked that episode because we have a fellow ramen raider who is employed in a specific uh coffee business coffee store whatever <laughs> um and even he's like, fuck that. Like, I fucking hate tipping, you know. Um, but I, I will say, like, if I'm going to get Jamba Juice or if I'm going to get Pete's or, like, you know. the Actually, the only place I go to that I'll still tip them, like, a dollar is the people at Dutch Bros. And the only reason why I fucking do that is because I know if I don't like my drink, they will fucking remake my drink and let me keep my drink to give to somebody else. They will ask me how my day was. They will tell me about their day. They will compliment me or we will get onto a general conversation topic. So me being in line and having this experience is the thing that I am tipping for. And I know that if something is wrong, they are more than happy. Well, besides the people in Fairfield, the Fairfield Dutch Bros really fucking suck. I think they for a while they were the best. And then for a long time, they've just been really crappy. But I think it's the people that work there um they must have terrible management because that's usually a reflection of management but um the dutch bros and dixon i love them i adore them they remember me and they remember my order and i don't go there that often but it's the fact that there's enough conversations that happen with like two employees that are typically the ones that i get because of the hours that i go that they're like oh hey yesenia do you want your usual or are you going to change it up today and if I ask for my usual, it's usually a white zombie, half sweet with oat milk, or I get a surprise rebel, like you choose my flavors for me. I just want it hand blended, you know, extra soft. And which is basically like an icy, but it's like with like their version of Red Bull. Um, so for me, it's like the fact that they know those are my drinks. And it's the fact that they know what I like, that if I'm like, ah, surprise me with something new today, they'll fucking get it. Like they will get it on the spot. 
it's like going if you have never been to a speakeasy you should go because the way in which you spend like two minutes with those people get to know what type of alcohol you would typically like what type of like notes and fruits and things like that you like what type of sweetness or like bitterness you like they will make you your perfect drink by asking you just really basic questions and that's what my experience is like when i go to dutch bros so they're the only places that i tip but like pete's in boba places you're making my drink you're not really doing anything kind of super special you're just literally flipping an ipad yeah and i don't know again i I want everyone to have a livable wage and everything like, yeah, the burden shouldn't be passed on to me, the consumer. Um, however, like I said, if you provide me good service, I will I will want to give you more money because I you did something that I could have done on my own. I could have served myself food. I could have cooked, but I didn't. And, uh, you know, if, if the service is good, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a little extra on top. You know what I mean? Like, hey, thank you. It's a courtesy. You know, thank you. I I appreciate the fact uh, of everything you're doing for me. Uh, here's a little something extra. I don't mind that. But if it's just in the case of something stupid, turning around an iPad or having me take my own order, and then tipping on top of that for what? Get yeah. out of here. It makes no sense. But that's what tipping was for, was for that extra service. Yeah. Not underpaying your employees and then having... The consumers pick them up when yep. you people aren't doing your job uh, but isenia that is uh we did we did 10 things because we skipped one we did 10 things that are widely accepted uh that are actually scams and of course there's more in this list uh we can go into them uh more down the road when we get more when we got more time we can touch on them if need be or if we even want to come back to this list and revisit it we can do that also I'm not going to hang too much on this outro because I'm super fucking hungry and I haven't eaten since lunch. <laughs> uh, but Yesenia, again, thank you for your time. You, the listening audience, thank you for your time. We always appreciate you guys stopping by and hanging with us uh, every Friday at what time, Yesenia? What time? <laughs> Friday at 8 a.m. Friday at 8 a.m. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us at underscore soft boiled on Instagram. You can find me yellow underscore boots and the number one on Instagram. You can find Yesenia at yes and yuz. That is Y-E-S-A-N-D-Y-U-H-S on Instagram. Uh, I think I think I covered everything. That sounds about yeah, right. You, you got all the points. We appreciate y'all for listening. Teddy drives safe. And uh, thanks for listening to us rant. And we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>